yet. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker. I'm joined, as always, by Matt, exhausted Chamberlain. How's it going, Matt? That's a great way of putting it. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, my my Christmas came like we talked about. Draft. Draft. Um, so that was exciting for a variety of reasons. And uh, yeah, now we get to kind of chill for a couple of days. Yeah, and then we're into free agency. There's yeah. no stopping in the NBA, Matt. It's wonderful. It is awesome, but also kind of exhausting all at the same time. Um, so that's why I went with the exhausted because you had your big board, uh, the draft, it felt like the draft took forever the other night. So, you know, let's do this real quick, Ryan. Did you watch on ESPN? I did. Okay. So I I watched the ESPN broadcast as well. So that was a disaster. It really, Um, it was bad. I don't know how like ESPN can be that bad at broadcasting something, but the draft was bad. So like, I feel so bad for Mike Schmitz. You put your heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this. Like you, you are on this, like you've known this draft class for like five years and been like seeing these guys grow and develop. And then you're sitting next to like Kendrick Perkins during this broadcast. Booty Moses. Whatever he said. <laughs> like, you know, or like they're given picks, they're given analysis for like how this guy's gonna fit, and it's like that team doesn't own the pick. And yeah. it's like it's got traded, you know. His boy Dayron Sharp for Kendrick Perkins talking about how he's gonna be such a great pick in Phoenix, and it's like Phoenix traded that pick before the draft even happened. Like, how do we not? have that like or why can't someone stop perk and be like hey actually that pick's going to brooklyn now like you know like come on why why we got to do this we're kids that always got to be put on the wrong hat we got the wrong logo behind them in all their pictures like it's a disaster like come on like from what i heard from people that like actually like work the draft they're like well it's the team's fault for leaking it and you know, like that Woj gets it like four minutes and tweets it out before the pick is broadcasted. That's part of the problem too. But also like the teams don't tell us that they're trading number 22 to like, they just send in the, like the name of the player they're picking. That Okay. That's such a weak excuse. Like, Oh, it's the team's fault. Okay. So Woj is really good at his job. So is Shams. Like they're, they both have contacts uh, all over the NBA. Like, they have sources all over the NBA, and that's the excuse? Come on. That's stupid. Put Let's get this right. Get, get the draft card. Put a little extra line on it for, are you keeping the pick? Yes. No. Okay, where is it going? Well, Indiana's they, trading this, or Washington's trading this, Indiana. Cool. Didn't they say something along – I feel like in the second round, they started – the deputy commissioner kept saying, in this conditional – like trade but it was from like the first round picks it was like yeah yeah like okay number like whatever 22 yeah. isaiah jackson's being traded from the washington wizards to the indiana pacers and it's like we're on pick like 47 yeah can't the league like just preface it with that as like as long as the trade goes through this is where this kid's headed yeah and just do that do it that way that's because the simplest solution 
right now you're getting it wrong 12 times a draft. Yes. Like you're getting it wrong. And so it's like, well, even like the Memphis New Orleans one, we knew yeah. about that trade when we last reported Ryan. Right. And it's still wrong on the broadcast because it hasn't officially gone through yet, you know? And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's absolutely a disaster. The draft, the, the NBA draft, as fun as it is, is kind of a disaster from a broadcast standpoint. And there's, I, I mean, it feels like every other league has got figured this out. And I don't know how the NBA can't. The Knicks fans are like cheering about their picks that aren't actually theirs. Is yeah. It- that it's was bad. Look, yeah, that was not great. I'm sure, like those, like I don't know. We see lifelong Knicks fans just cheering, you know, right there in in the arena, and it's not even like anywhere close to being their pick. Um, and then they don't cheer when it is their pick because they don't know it's their pick because it's the Clippers pick before them. Right, right, and you it's know? just it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And yeah. like, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, we got to get on this. Like, the NBA is too good. And it's also why NBA Twitter is a thing and, like, NFL Twitter, like, isn't. You know, it's because, like, the NFL can, like, just put it on TV. Yeah. That's the product. Like Breaking trade. Yeah. NBA, like, Shams and Woj just, like, are so on it that, like, they kind of spoil it. I get it. But, like, you can still put out a nice product on television. Also, my favorite thing about Woj is that because he's on the broadcast, he can't like spoil what's coming ahead. So he finds all the creative ways to say that a team's making a pick without saying the pick is. They're capitalized by. Yeah. Have the have him at the top of their draft board. It's like yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah, come like on. Moody pick, for example. Like they just had Woj talk for like a minute. Like how like they didn't expect Moses Moody to be here. They really like Moses Moody. They want they were looking at Moses Moody at number seven. It's just his way of beating around the bush to say they're taking Moses Moody at number 14. Right. I'm not saying that, so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> you know? I, I, that's my favorite part is that ESPN has to have Woj on the broadcast so they don't, so he doesn't personally ruin their broadcast numbers. Just via Twitter. Right. It's he still incredible. does, but, you know. It's incredible. Speaking yeah. of Twitter, Matt. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at NBA Couch or NBA Couch GM Pod or on Instagram at Couch GM Podcast. And if you haven't already, find us on your podcast platform of your choice uh, and give us a rating or a review. If you missed episode 118, we talked about early, some early free agency rumors, uh, did a draft preview of the forwards and bigs. Thank you, Matt. So well, you don't done. know who you're drafted. Go back, listen, or the yeah. guard episode previous. Yeah, that, those are some great podcasts to go back and listen to. The last two, episode 118 and 117. If you have no idea who got drafted, those are great episodes. Moving on to some NBA news. Matt, we had some trades. <laughs> My team has been particularly active post-draft, but there was the one major trade pre-draft. The Los Angeles Lakers have acquired Russell Westbrook uh, (laughs) from Washington in exchange for Russell Westbrook. uh, The Lakers sent out Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harold, KCP, and the number 22 pick, um, which was later rerouted to Indiana for the number 31 and Aaron Holiday. 
So in total, Washington netted from Russell Westbrook, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, KCP, the number 31 pick in the 2021 or yes, in the yeah. 2021 draft and Aaron Holiday. Um that's quite a that's quite a lot for a guy who wasn't supposed to be traded. I mean, granted, we all have our like things with Montrez Harrell, and apparently the Lakers did too, because they signed him for what, like a three-year, two-year contract and shipped him out after one? Didn't um, play in the end of the first one? Yeah. yeah. Ex- <laughs> LeBron probably doesn't have a higher opinion of KCP anymore because he's not on the team. And uh, I guess the rumors about Kyle Kuzma beefing with everyone in Lakers' rock, locker room was also true. Yeah, this, this felt like a lot. I mean, you got to match salaries for Russ. Like, that's part of this. But... It feels like a lot for Russ at what this at this stage of his career, what Russ is. Yeah, I'm a Russ guy. Like, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Loved watching him play. This is a terrible trade for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, you have absolutely no depth now. You are going all in. You're like capped out. Like you're like a stone throw away from being hard capped and like can't make any more moves. Yeah. They're basically minimums from here on out. Right. Like, cause even like the idea of like sign and trade Dennis Schroeder somewhere. Okay. Well, if you sign and trade your, you hard cap at 143, yeah. you can't do all these moves and still stay under 143. So are, I guess Schroeder's just walking now. Schroeder's going to walk. I don't know if you can bring back Caruso. Taylor Horton Tucker might be gone as well. Like, I I don't know about Caruso. I know with THT, they have the bird rights, right? The, yeah, he's restricted. So, like, you can bring him back. But, like, I, okay. So, so what? Taylor Horton Tucker's coming back on whatever deal you have to offer him based off of what someone else offers him. If you're like, like I don't know, someone with cap space and doesn't like the Lakers, wouldn't you just offer him, like, $10 million a year? Just knowing, like, you guys can't do this. Yeah. Like, you affect it. Like, if they never do a sign-and-trade, they can go over the 143 number, but it's effectively only for their own players, right? Like, re-signing Caruso and Dylan Horton-Tucker. It. Yeah, what if the Knicks just be like, screw you guys. We're offering him like a four for 48, you know? Just be like, are you really going to pay Taylor Horton Tucker $12 million a year? No. Nope. <laughs> but then the Knicks are paying him. Tw- I mean, like, it's in the grand scheme of things, like, if you're paying Taylor Horton Tucker $12 million, like, that's kind of a tradable contract and, like, not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, in two years, it's tradable. Yeah, sure, you know? And, like, in those two years, he might develop into something better than a $12 million contract. So I don't know why a team with cap space wouldn't do that, just to, like, really stick it to the Lakers. I mean, if Boston had room, I'd tell them to do it, but we don't. (laughs) I mean, the same thing with Caruso, right? Like, who's – I feel like Caruso's a good player, like a good two-way player. Like, are you telling me someone's not going to offer him north of $10 million? Yeah, it's probably somewhere around there, but yeah, like right, like and just tell like LA, like you can't, you can't bring all these guys back on this money. 
you'd be at like you'd be at like 160 million dollars. That tax well, like five players yeah. <laughs> for starting five. Then you have yeah. to find seven other guys to fill out your roster. Like you effectively have to keep like Mark Gasol at this point at three million dollars. Like there's you can't get off of him. So Who, who's also like the best three point shooter on this team now? Question yeah. mark. I don't know how you're gonna acquire shooters with uh, the lack of money they have. This is concerning, Ryan. Um, we can talk more on this here in a minute. I, okay. I plan on it. All right, all right. We'll talk more later. Uh, other team that was active, your Boston Celtics. They uh, kind of got active post uh, draft, and okay. um, so they acquired Josh Richardson, Chris Dunn, uh, Bruno Fernando. Uh, and a 2023 second round pick in exchange for Tristan Thompson, who went to the Kings, Moses Brown, who went and who went to the Mavs, and then uh, Delon Wright lands in Atlanta as part of the Tristan Thompson deal. Um, I guess it, the Celtics didn't want multiple project centers <laughs> after uh, acquiring Moses Brown like less than a month ago from Thunder. Well, project centers that like needed and wanted playing time that's a good point that's correct you know yes. bruno fernando was like a second round pick like in a high second round pick two years ago he's technically a project center don't really care if he plays or not mm. moses brown people would be like we need to play him you it's know good. Yeah. it's a good point um getting off Trins- tristan thompson is is really great for the celtics and it's also the most kings move ever to acquire tristan thompson I feel like that's essentially they're admitting they're not bringing back Rashawn Holmes. I guess. You know? Who's paying Rashawn Holmes, though? Teams that don't get Jarrett Allen. Mm, That's a good point. That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, in theory for Boston, the idea here is Josh Richardson, you know, didn't go great last year, but hoping he can rekindle. Oh. the success he had in Miami and somewhat in Philly. He's going into a contract here last mm-hmm. year on the deal. Players tend to do well that year because they know it's uh, put up or shut up. And uh, I, I guess we got some depth here. That was a problem for us. Like, I really don't know if like Romeo Langford's like an NBA player or not. Mm-hmm. Not saying Chris Dunn necessarily like should be, but like, I guess he's a good 11th guy, you know, like, he can play defense. Have, yeah. I guess the big idea for uh, Brad Stevens since becoming the GM is we're getting guys who can like defend. Josh Richardson can defend. Chris Dunn can defend. Al Horford can, I guess, defend. Who knows what to do <laughs> anyway? I think that's kind of the idea here. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Brad Stevens is emphatic that he didn't have guys who could defend well. Um, because he's gone, you're right, he's gone and got a couple guys. Um, moving on, Pistons wave Corey Joseph, Rockets decline Avery Bradley's option. I honestly forgot Avery Bradley was on the Rockets, got traded, right? Got traded. Yeah, he got traded from Miami in the um Victor Oladipo deal, right? right. And it's uh, hurt, yeah, totally forgot about that. Jazz send Derek Favors and a future first to Oklahoma City for a future Sweet second Jesus. round pick. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Just got Sam Prestied. Utah did. Uh, 
so <laughs> uh and last piece of news here uh the nba competitions committee i think is the correct committee for that which is just a made-up thing i think at this point whomever uh there's some rule adjustments um are, that are coming to help with absurd foul calls so like sticking the leg out um and trying to get a foul call on a three-point shot cc james harden cc luka Doncic. All the Trey Young dribbling mid-stop gets eight foul mm. shots a game off of that. Mm. That's so done. CC Trey Young, CC Chris Paul, because that was the yeah. originator of that move. Yeah. So uh, all that hopefully no longer. I would bet like five dollars that this next year is just gonna be a bunch of reviews. That's all it's gonna be. Yeah, they're gonna call and be like, "Wait, no, we don't call that anymore." Yeah, we're like, "Was that a foul?" This is funny. Like, you see it like in the Olympics, guys like do the stuff they do in the NBA to try and get a call, and the rest just like look at them like, <laughs> "What do you want us to do?" Like, if that's how it turns, like I'd be all for it. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, because there wasn't. I think there was an era that was, I mean, not an era a couple of seasons where it was like the sweet spot. Like there were some three point, like the correct fouls were called, but now it's just gone to the extreme end where everything's essentially called. Like you jump two feet to your right midair to bump into a defender and you get the foul call now. Yes. We're yeah. done with that. Hopefully. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I bet James Harden still gets some calls like that, but we'll Probably. see. Topic number one, Matt. Let's talk about some free agency. That's up. That's this week. We're recording on July 31st. Tomorrow's August 1st. What a wild, yeah. what a wild time. Yeah. Free agency starts in a couple of days and then uh, players can officially start being signed August what, 6th or whatever. The dumb moratorium. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, even though we somehow see a bunch of deals at 1201. Um, they open. <laughs> so, Okay, coming back to the rush trade now. <clears throat> so, Ryan, was this the best move for LA? Like, was this truly the best they could have done? So, the rumor was that they had a deal all but done for Buddy Healed. Right. If I'm sitting in the front office and everyone else I've listened to, like, you take the Buddy Healed deal because it still That's gives it. you flexibility. That and was depth. and Montrez Harrell. That's all it was. Yes. And not even a pick. Maybe a pick. Maybe. Um, you keep KCP, right? And you pick and you probably keep your number twenty-two pick. I don't know. Maybe you have to trade it in the buddy heel deal. Eh. Right. But you still have some you have options, like you could sign trade Kyle Lowry or for Kyle Lowry. You could, you know, um, like the Schroeder sign and trade. Yeah, the Schroeder sign and trade. or whomever. Like that's yes. still an option at that point. Yes, that's where I was going. Correct. So there was still some flexibility there. With this Russ deal coming in, there's no flexibility with this roster anymore. Like who, who, like if you're like DeMar DeRozan, who wanted to come to Los Angeles, like there's no hope of that. Like you can say Russ might be a better player than DeRozan at this point. I'm not certain about that, but okay. But like, I don't know. I just like any options that you had of 
players wanting to come to LA are just gone. Like no one's coming to LA, right? So that's the thing. Like you're what pay like the taxpayer mid level, which is like five million dollars. So Demar Derozan really going down to five million dollars a year? No, to play for the Lakers. I don't. You know, like in theory, like you hear the reports, like he's willing to take a pay cut to go there. Really, are you willing to take a twenty million dollar pay cut? That's what you're doing. No. You're, ask, you're asking him to go down like from getting paid like twenty because he could probably go get like a two for fifty. Yeah, like the Knicks or something. You're gonna take like a two for ten. You're taking the Daniel Tice deal. No, no, you're no. not. Stop it. No, you're not. You're Demar Derozan. Um, but you know, it's like okay if there's like yeah the older vets. Like, yeah, you can probably still get the Markeith Morris type guys to come in for like a mill or two. But like, if that's your entire bench, eh, eh, you know, that doesn't do it for me. Well, I think the biggest thing with this team coming into offseason was shooting. Like, that was what we all saw last season was a lack of shooting. And they didn't fix that. And it just happened to, like, honestly, I come out of nowhere for the playoffs. Yeah, like KCP caught fire and Rondo caught fire. And like for four weeks, those guys were unbelievably hot and they won a championship. Russ isn't that kind of shooter. Like he won't, he's not going to be that great of a shooter. Yeah. Who else are you surrounding those guys with? If AD's still wanting to play the four, you're theoretically playing another big man, right? Who's not shooting? I mean, Marcus Hall maybe shoots. But the, not Marcus he, doesn't can't make it. It's that Marcus doesn't shoot it, right? But he he like even towards the end of last year, he wasn't playing much in their rotation, right? I I, I don't I'm know. Lucky. I would have done the healed move instead of the Russ. It's also my lesser opinion about Russell Westbrook. Special person did some special things in OKC, but you know he has his limitations. Yeah, yeah, he has limits, um, and especially at this age, part part of his career, it's just not worth it anymore. So, Ryan, this is my this is I have two questions. We'll start with this one. Okay. Russell Westbrook makes like like what forty million dollars a year? Yes, something like that. Would you rather have Russell Westbrook at forty million dollars a year, or would you rather have Bruce Brown at ten million dollars a year? Bruce Brown. Yeah, it's not that hard of a question <laughs> because they're the same player. Um, like we saw Russ at his best in Houston. Like we're talking like post prime OKC. Okay. Yeah. Like since like the MVP post prime last five years, his best year was Houston when they traded Clint Capella and they just let him run the five you know, which is what the Nets did. And we all thought it was super cool with Bruce Brown and it was like fun and like hip. It's like, we just saw it with Westbrook the year before, you know, that's, that's his role. That's what he is. He's, he's Bruce Brown. He's more athletic Bruce Brown. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. And unfortunately, like, I don't know, like Russ isn't that good of a defender. Like no, that needs to be a terrible po- defender. Like that needs to be pointed out here. Like they're not. It's not like okay. Well, like Russ is a great defender, and Buddy Heald isn't. At least Buddy Heald will occasionally try. I don't know if Russ has the ability to like go full effort offensively and defensively anymore. It's like LeBron. Like he's just older now. 
like yeah bruce brown will like lock dudes up i also wonder how much of this is like predicated on what happened last year with the lakers when they had some nice pieces and then both andy davis and lebron got hurt and everything went to crap and this is like their insurance policy on like okay well at least we have a third star who in case of emergency break glass and there's russell westbrook yeah, but if AD and LeBron aren't healthy, and I'm assuming we're talking more regular season here. Correct. Like, even Russ and whatever you're going to fill out the rest of this roster with, that's not a playoff team either. Did you watch 2016 OKC? I did. I, Deontay Burton I mean, is not playing on a NBA team right now. <laughs> Kyle Singler, you know, like, I get it. Like, I get it. But, but that like, was, a, to your point, yeah, that was a different Russ. Like that was a five years ago, Russ. When that he was, was like healthy. This is this is like two thirds of the Russell Westbrook that he was at that point. You know? Yes. And then I mean, don't get me wrong, I know I know the weapons in OKC were not uh great by any means, but like Steven Adams that year is better than anyone else LA is gonna have on this roster outside of Russ, A D and LeBron. It's like, fair by a mile let alone anyone else on the roster so that's yeah i wouldn't have done it i would have done the buddy healed deal so i guess it's you had to make the decision like do you want healed kcp and the pick on your roster do you want healed and then like a separate trade that involves kcp and the pick whatever you can get for that i don't know what but whatever you could get for that like I don't know. Could you have really? Not that this team would have made the trade, nor would I wanted it to happen. But like, could you have like dangled that out to Boston, and being like, "Hey, look, mm. you gave up your pick. You can have twenty-two, which isn't much lower than you were drafting. You can have KCP. Give us Marcus Smart." You know, like, not saying that trade was actually out there by any means, but like, that's the type of move I would have rather have done is get healed in that guy, because honestly, healed in that guy, whomever it is are on the same level as Russell Westbrook at this point in his career. So it's a I don't fair know why point. you traded it all for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, I, heck, this whole Russell I, – I just feel like this is a kind of a panic move on the Lakers' part after, yeah. after a reaction to what happened last season and the Lakers getting bounced in the first round, which has never happened in LeBron's career. Um it just feels like this team's warming up to be like a photoshopped uh, version of the Lakers from like 2014. Um, so I'm kind of expe- half expecting another player to show up to Los Angeles and take a significant pay cut, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. But it just feels like a post, a career post their prime is going to show up to Los Angeles and sign for like a minimum. And it's going to be like, Blake Griffin or someone like that. Someone ridiculous who's like... Guys, are you trying to get Blake Griffin there? Like, can you convince P.J. Tucker to come there now? You know, guys like that. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis ain't doing that. Bobby Portis would have said in Milwaukee. He turned down his option. Mm. He, I think he was on a pod a couple of days ago. I think it was with Ryan Rosillo. And he said, like, I had multiple offers out there. Like, instead of going to Milwaukee that were like 
10 plus million a year. He's like, I turned it down to go to Milwaukee. He's like, I'm turning. And he said it on the pot. Like, I'm going to go get my bag now. Mm. So Bobby Portis is out. <laughs> Your boy, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Bobby. Um, yeah. Before, I mean, I guess we can move on to another topic now. But I just I, – I don't feel great about this dress trade. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, all right, this season doesn't go well or at the trade deadline things aren't going well that rust contract has kind of proven to be tradable. Like this is the third time it's been moved. It's not like this huge mountain that we originally thought it would be. I don't know. Maybe you can move it again. At what point? I mean, there's always going to be some NBA GM that's like, but Russ, but at what point does the NBA community just be like, look, Russ was great, but emphasis on was. You I know. think that I think the MVP gives you like a six-year stretch. Well, that stretch is running out. Yeah, exactly. That's it. May be the last off-season where we see Russ bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, just kind of an idea, Matt. I just thought of this. Ben Simmons for us was for Kusas. No. Honestly, I thought of that idea when Russ was still in Washington. <laughs> like, if they didn't want to trade Beal. But like, because uh, Derry Philly needs a point, you know. Russ would have dunked the ball um, instead of passing Matisse, you know. But like, unless he had nine assists and he needed a tenth, but um, I, I, you can't do it now, right? You can't put Ben Simmons on that LA roster. Uh, I would just love to see the fights break out or the murmurs coming from LeBron's camp, from like Brian Windhorst eventually is like, yeah. Ben Simmons is not long for the Lakers, whatever, whatever the verbiage yeah. is there, but that would be incredible. Pretty be- much. All right, Ryan. So do you think we'll have any more like major trades or moves or is, or is like Kyle Lowry doing whatever Kyle Lowry does? Like, is that like the max we're getting here? It kind of seems like it, I guess like the whole, I think the Damian Lillard thing kind of looms. Uh, Bradley Beal has, I guess all but said that he's going to stay in Washington, at least give it one more try through this trade deadline. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I think Pascal Siakam can be moved. Um, So depending on your level of stardom there, I guess like that's a pretty big move. It doesn't seem like Ben Simmons is going to be moved. Miami is asking for like, the key to whatever city he's being moved to and like <laughs> and austin know. martin aaron Rodgers' contract you know yeah. all the things um i don't i don't know i feel like miami's kind of been quiet quite a bit um at least in terms of free agency i think Kawhi is still a huge question mark like it doesn't like there's been reports that there doesn't seem to be any movement but he just t- apparently tore his acl and might be out this next season so is he thinking like okay two seasons from now where do i want to be i feel like if Kawhi moves that's going to be the biggest storyline of this offseason but sure i I don't know that's that's kind of my thought process behind that what do you think matt yeah i think why kind of just stays in la because they let him 
be whatever it is he's being. You know, because if you move to like in Dallas, Miami, New York, wherever, even if you know, like everyone knows you have 20 CL, like you're out for effectively the entire season. Right. There's still always many questions of when he's coming back. Do you think you come back for the playoffs? All that. If you stay with the Clippers, I don't think people are asking that. You know, the Clippers, they're just happy to have you. Um, So probably just stay there. Honestly, the one that I would focus most on, like, if it could happen, it might, would be, like, the Dame one. Yeah. Not that I want Dame to leave Portland, but if, like, it's like we talked, Norm Powell opted out of his deal. Made sense. It was, like, just under $12 million. What if all of a sudden, like, some team swoops in and offers Norm Powell, like, way too much money? And Portland's just like, we can't pay you that. Like, we can't, like, I don't know. New York misses out, and they go offer Norm Powell, like, a two for 48. Portland's like, we can't do that. Does Dame get, like, okay, well, then I guess you don't get me. Like, you know, what what sets it over? Yeah, I the thing I've said, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, I don't feel like I've heard a player say, this roster is not good enough to be a championship team and then played the entire season with that team. Yeah, like, like with effectively no upgrades then to the roster either to make them happy. On top of that, the team we were just talking about, the Los Angeles Lakers, are rumored with Carmelo Anthony. So that's taking away significant wing depth if you're taking Norm Powell and Carmelo Anthony off your, off that roster. Like, who's filling those spots? Right. And then if they, like, panic, like, crap, we're paying all this money for a team that obviously isn't very good, we can't keep Yusuf Rankic. Yeah. He's only guaranteed for $4 million. So we're going to cut him and only have to pay out a small amount. Like, you, you know, then all of a sudden, like, this starts dissolving quick. You have no, like, good young players on this team that, like, you get value salary at, you know? You have... Right. No wing depth, especially if you lose Pal and or Carmelo and can't replace them adequately. And then Nurkic, like, I, I don't know what you do with Nurkic because he feels like he's hurt all the time. I really like Yusuf Nurkic. Mm. What do you do with him at this yeah. point? Like, and Zach Collins <laughs> is hitting free agency also. Yeah. And at this point, he just seems out of the NBA. Yeah. So it's like, what what good does that do? Okay, so it's like you haven't hit on a draft pick effectively in like five years. You have they no didn't have players. one this year, right? Right. They, they had a biased second round pick on a player who's a complete project in Greg Brown. Like that dude shouldn't step on an NBA court for at least three years. <laughs> so good luck. Uh, you know, it's just like that kind of stuff. I I really wonder, like, if all of a sudden on like August third. Dame looks around and be like, what happened to all my wings? If he's like, screw it, give me out. So I think the big question mark with Dame, and I hate to say this, because it sounds like tampering, but it's really not. If USA wins gold, how big of a problem is that for Portland? Because now Dame has a taste for winning at one of the highest levels, right? And like, he comes back and it's like, it's me, CJ, and who now? Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah, get me out of here. Like, I just, 
I think that's going to be a storyline that we're going to have to watch. Now, if USA somehow doesn't win gold, like maybe that maybe that changes his mind and he's ready to run it back. I don't know. I just feel like playing with the players he's playing with and coming back to Portland and playing with Derek Jones Jr. and whoever the heck else is coming off that bench because who knows? Like Gary Trent's not there anymore. Like who's your wing? Like we we've been you have saying like Robert Covington left, who was like, honestly very uninspiring this past season. Like we've been saying this for years with this team. Your wing depth is trash. Yeah, they tried to revamp it, and thank God for Carmelo. That's you know? scary, <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's why I'm. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but like aside from like the Kyle Lowry, who like at this point he's, I feel like it's pretty obvious he's going elsewhere. Right. I, that feels like the only one that like seems plausible. Again, Ben Simmons feels like he'll get traded at some point. I just don't know for what, like what Daryl finally has to concede on, but because it sounds like he wants to farm for Ben Simmons and no one's offering that at this point. So I don't know. Kyle Lowry leaving is interesting. Like it is. Um, I just but, think if you're hoping for the Chris Paul, like Phoenix yeah. Suns effect, like, I just don't think that's a realistic like blueprint to follow. Right. So right. I mean, if he goes to like Miami, like he actually legitimately helps. But if he goes to like, Dallas or New Orleans, I mean he makes them better. I just don't know if he makes them like a top three seed in the West. So Right. It, I, I feel it. like this free agency period, I feel like I've said this in last season and it actually turned out to be a pretty interesting free agency period. It's just not going to be that interesting. There's, It's a lot of names of like this guy could be like the third or fourth best player on your team if you're having a successful playoff run. So um, real quick. Because um, we'll get to just rattling off some of those guys in that kind of tier, but Dallas New Orleans teams linked to Kyle Lowry. Don't know if they'll get Kyle Lowry. They have other free agents, you know, Lonzo Ball for New Orleans, mm. Josh Hart for New Orleans. Dallas has like Tim Hardaway Jr. I think this offseason is going to tell us a lot about what they think of their timeline. Mm. Like if Luca is like kind of pressing or if Zion's kind of pressing, like hey give me help now. I really wonder if like some of those guys that they probably should like more organically keep, continue growing, develop them kind of get like pushed aside, you know, going big fish hunting, even though there aren't a lot of big fish available, but I think they'll, we'll kind of see what their timelines are, who they're paying or overpaying for. Cause like what I was saying, there's a lot of good like role players out here. Like, so Tim Hardaway Jr. mentioned Norm Powell, Will Barton, we mentioned, he opted out, probably going back to Denver, but again, someone could blow him away with an offer. Danny Green, Spencer Dinwiddie is apparently looking for a lot of money per year. That's a guy for whatever it's worth. Um, Oladipo, maybe you're, you know, you could bounce, like bet on a bounce back for him. Mm. We mentioned Schroeder, Jared Allen, and Duncan Robinson. Someone offer him enough to pry him away from the Heat if the Heat just like can't keep him. Um, the Heat also might be throwing in like Goran Dragic onto this list. They have till tomorrow mm. to decline that or pick it up. Um, 
Iguodala is the same thing. Yep. You got to decide, make a decision. Kendrick Nunn, John Collins, probably getting paid a lot now. Um, a boy, John Collins. Yeah. Put some respect on that man's name. Also, uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, Lori Markinen, um, Bobby Portis, we mentioned, Rashawn Holmes, Josh Hart. Like, there's, and there's a lot of others just rattling off a dozen or so. Like, there's, those are good players. They're not stars, but they're good players. Right. So, you know, you, there's players to go get, but like, there's going to be teams that can throw money around more so than others that could like really screw up a contending team that like thought they would be able to bring their guy back. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, Dallas is offering them $20 million. Mm. And you thought they were getting like 12, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's kind of going to be fascinating for some of these role guys because I mean, Victor Oladipo, you pointed out Spencer Didwitty, you pointed out both coming off injuries like those guys have been helpful before, but like how helpful can they be post injury and what's their expectation in terms of getting paid? Like you said, Spencer Denway is looking for a lot per year. Victor Oladipo rumored to wanting to stay in Miami, but that was before the injury, but for what kind of money? I I don't see that really working. He may just have to sign like a one in one. Yeah, and I don't know if you can pay him over $20 million a year. I really don't. Part I don't know. Injuries, if, part of it's also just like the style of the game. Like, he can't shoot still. That's yeah, I, I don't know if you can pay him 18. Like, that's the number I would be kind of comfortable with, but still feel like I'm overpaying there. That, to me, that's like the high end. Of what you would pay him, like but like I, like not, I would yeah. feel really good about. Yeah, I would take him out like 15, 16, 18. You could sell me on it; it's fine. Like once you hit twenty, it feels like it's an overpay at that point. Right? But yeah, like you know, does Dallas panic and be like, "We're signing a Ladipo mm. and for you know that much money?" It's like, no, don't do that. Just resign Hardaway at that point. You know. Yeah. Right. He actually fits what you want, you know? If you're gonna get somebody like if you assume Dinwiddie's knee is healthy, like go get Dinwiddie, not Oladipo. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a, a thing. Or if you can if Dennis Schroeder doesn't get his market, you know, give him like a one or two year deal. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. But like don't overpay for the guys that really don't need to be overpaid for. Right. Go I, good at that. Somewhere. I mean, go pay Duncan Robinson more. Oh, right. Robinson would be great in Dallas. Yeah. Could you imagine Luca and Duncan? Oh my God. That'd be yeah. insane. Find him 10 open threes a game. It would be insane. Um, yeah, there's some really fun players here. I think Lonzo Ball is, I mean, there's it's a very point guard heavy draft. Um, but Lonzo Ball might get quite a few looks from a different from a lot of different teams. Everyone wants him to go to Chicago. Um that's like the long-standing rumor. Right. Maybe. How much fun would it be if Charlotte went and got him? Just play Lonzo and Lamelo together. Yeah. That's a, that's an idea. I don't know if Lamelo has that much pull yet, though, in the organization. Um, I floated this one out to you. Um, I mean, OKC's got to hit like the cap minimum, the floor. 
Lonzo, Lonzo SGA. That would be fun. That'd be a fun backcourt. Lonzo, like. SGA, and Dort. That's actually kind of a fun combo. Defensive can kind of shoot lineup. That, well, that's um, the thing. You're not asking Lonzo to be the primary ball handler in that scenario, but he can have right. the ball in his hands. That's a fun little idea. I enjoy that. Um, people want now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, Lonzo to Boston's a thing. I don't really know how that would work, but okay. Like, there are spots for Lonzo. Yeah. He would be your starting point guard, so, I mean, you might be asking quite a bit from him. Yeah. Lonzo in in New York on the Knicks, stylistically, would make a lot of sense. I don't know about Lonzo in New York, but, you know. Right. Most importantly, though, if Zion wants Lonzo in New Orleans, do you tell Zion no? Absolutely not. Like you bring it, Kyle Lowry, and even if you get Kyle Lowry, is Zion going to be happy about that? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, like Kyle Lowry is what 35, 36? Yeah. And it's not exactly, I guess I see, like, yeah, you want to make the playoffs, so Kyle Lowry makes sense in New Orleans. I just feel like it doesn't fit the timeline at all. I mean, I think you still have to play this like you're bringing back Zion on a max extension, which mm-hmm. means you play the long game. Right. Like the four or five year long game, not the two year Kyle Lowry window. Also, so, yeah, I I don't know. New Orleans has done this before where they tried to rush their timeline and it doesn't work out. But um, I mean, I guess they have some stuff that could work theoretically for next year, but. I don't know. I would stay out of the cap. I would just save your cap room. Like essentially punt it to the next year off season. Yeah. Sign like some one and ones or something. I don't awesome. know. Like balloon pay somebody for like a year. Right. Just like a stylistic type of guy that you would want to like just see like, okay, yes, this style with Zion works. And then try and find that guy who like actually would fit that long term. Right. You know? Um, okay, you want to go over the draft? I do. I, w- I want to talk about the draft. So we'll talk on some teams that we were really digging what they do, what they did. We'll give a shout-out to a few others. Then we'll talk about the ones that um, didn't love. So uh, we'll, we'll get to this. So some of these are more obvious than others because, well, if you're drafting at one, drafting at two, I mean, you better get it right. Mm. And it was pretty, it was pretty obvious this year. Um, so obviously we saw Detroit. They're the first team we'll bring up. Yep. They, they didn't overthink it. They didn't fall in, into the Evan Mobley hype. They didn't fall into the Jalen Green hype. Took Kate Cunningham. Forever for, changed the franchise now. Um, I mean, there were the reports that there were people within the Detroit front office that worked pushing for other guys because they came in and had good workouts, but it, you had to take Cade here. Yeah. You're Troy Weaver, you get fired if Cade is incredible and he's not on your roster. Right. Right. It, it's kind of like the whole Trey Young and Luca thing. It's lucky both of them kind of turned out to be awesome because if that doesn't work out for either side, both the uh, front offices are getting cleared out. Yep. 
So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter what they did in the second round. You know, they got, like, Luca Garza and stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Like, it's I would have done their – Detroit pick ever. Yeah. I, I would have – like, their three second-round picks. Like, I don't mind Garza, honestly, but, like, the other two, like, I would have done differently. It doesn't mm. matter, though. You got, got Cade Cunningham. End of story. Mm. Um, so, short sweet out. Houston was the one that everyone seemed to – really love and i do agree so like jalen green i had him as like my third prospect I took him at two get it cool um and then they went two bigs next which was weird purchased a pick from okc so apparently sending you guys two future first yeah they did um for alperin shingun um and then they drafted uzman garuba they also drafted josh christopher a little bit of a reach but not by all that much um, so that's not a big deal. Who cares? You had four first round picks. Kind of surprised they used them all. I thought when they were trading up for Shangun, that meant they were going to, whether it was OKC or not, I thought they were going to trade away one of their, because they had back to back at 23 24. Yep. I thought they would have traded away 24 then. Right. Didn't. They kept it. They used it. It's weird to have that many rookies from the same class on your roster. But they have incentive to be bad for the next couple of years, right? Yeah. So if you think Shangun and Garuba is like you can play them together, um, even long term, that's the idea. Great, that's your Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis combo. Mm. Okay, I get it. Um, I mean, Jalen Green's phenomenal. Bring something to your team that you really need. Shangun, I mean, he's a little bit of an overlap of Christian Wood, but doesn't matter. You know, right? Christian, Christian Wood, Wood might not be on your timeline anyway. Yeah, Garuba. I really like Garuba. I like him more than Shangun personally. I had Garuba as a late lottery guy. Mm. I had Shangun like basically right where he's picked. I think I had him at like 16 on my board, 18. So, you know, uh, but I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so, Houston, you feel like you have at least four talented players on your roster now, which is mm. more than you had last year. So, that's a win. Um, Orlando. Somehow, some way, they got Jalen Suggs, which I finished with him as my number two prospect. You got him at five. So, yeah, that's I just, pretty awesome value. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was constantly debating the Jalen's Green and Suggs. I, yeah, like at like five o'clock, I was just like, screw it, I'm putting Suggs second. Like I had to like break the tie with them because they're effectively two A two B. Um. Somehow falls to them, and we'll talk about why he did. Um, and then Franz Wagner eight. And to me, it's a little bit of a reach. To some people, they love it. I don't know. It's fine. He's like doesn't. He's not this six ten athlete that can't shoot. He's better than that. Um, he's also not a six foot one point guard. So, <laughs> they, you know, all right, Orlando. I see you doing something different here. Um, I'm in on Orlando. Um, at least trying to be better than they um, were drafting. Okay, Golden State may have won the draft. Mm. So I know everyone wanted them to make the trades. Right. And go get Bradley Beal. But again, you can't do the deal if the other team doesn't want to do the deal. It's kind of how trades work um, in large part. Anyway, so they drafted seven. They drafted 14. Got Jonathan Kaminga. We'll talk about how they got Jonathan Kaminga. Um, 
And then Moses Moody fell in at 14. I really like Moses Moody. Those are both top seven guys on my board. Mm. They got them at seven and 14. Uh, I know um, Lakeub, the owner there, he gave like an interview to the athletic and said like he, we had them both like clearly in the top 10 of our board. So he's like, we were pretty excited about that. Um, he kind of mentioned we weren't entirely sure what Sam Presti was going to do, but we had heard rumblings that Giddy was going to be the guy there. So we were pretty pumped about a uh, Kaminga falling to seven. And then again, I, I tried to sell you on Moses Moody that pod two pods ago. Um, and he somehow ended up in Golden State. So, right, real quick, quick aside here. They have three young guys now with Kaminga, Moody, and James Wiseman, right? Yeah. If you, like, I'm saying you, anyone, whomever, draft expert, whomever, put a big board together of all the rookies that were just drafted and then all of the, I guess, now sophomores, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball, all those guys. If you put like a big board together of all the rookies and sophomores combined, those three guys, Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman, probably all in the top 20, 25 of that big board. Yeah. I think Wiseman's, I mean, obviously we have tape of him in the NBA, so it's different a little bit because I feel like he would be towards the later half of that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't quite as high on Wiseman. I think I had him at like number nine on my board last year, mm. but still like he at worst, he's probably 17, 18, 19, 20 on that right. board. Somewhere, Somewhere in there. there. Post lottery for sure. Um, but yeah. But so you I have mean, three of the top 20 rookie sophomores in the NBA on your roster. Yeah. That's pretty good for, I know maybe they don't necessarily help you win the championship next year. But if you're building through the draft for the next generation, that's an incredible foundation to have. Well, this is what we talk about all the time with teams like Portland. I mean, uh, Washington, those teams who've just missed in the draft. And like, it seems like Golden State's walked away from the last two drafts, kind of winners of the draft in a way. Um, yeah. And I like, even with Wiseman not working out, he, it's because he was drafted at two. Right, not seven or whatever, you know, if he was drafted at six, like we wouldn't be as disappointed with his rookie year. He was just drafted at two and he happened to go to the Golden State Warriors. Everyone thought he was gonna do amazing there, but you know, life happened. Um, so you know, I get it, like why we're disappointed in him, but like he's still a top end prospect, mm. he's still like 20 years old, so give the kid time. I I know it's going to be hard to balance the idea of development with winning now in Golden right. State, but I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I just don't because Golden State, similar to we talked about Lakers, they need depth anyway. Yeah. Like they need someone to come in and play 10 minutes a game at small forward. Okay. Jonathan Kaminga. Right. Right. Like you need someone to come in and play 15 minutes at the two guard. Okay. Moses Moody. Cool. Like, you know, like maybe they're not perfect players and they're not going to do everything right. They're going to miss some defensive rotations, all that jazz. I get it. But you got to you gotta have the depth at some point anyway, and you got to develop anyway, like the next generation. And the Warriors, like, you know, I know they signed KD when 
you know, happened to have the cap spike. I get it. That looks bad on like how to build a team. Like that wasn't their fault. One and two, they built their team through the draft. Right. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Festus Azili. Like they built Harrison Barnes. They built their team through the draft. They want to draft their team. Right. And they happen to then somehow magically land Kevin Durant. Like they weren't even trying to. <laughs> right. You know, so like that was a you know unique circumstance. They built through the draft. Mm. If you effectively feel like Moses Moody is your next Clay Thompson, James Wiseman is your next Draymond Green, and Jonathan Kaminga is your next Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Like, right. obviously, like those are way ridiculous expectations, but like that's your mold for moving forward. Okay. Like I get it. It's not bad. It's like, outlandish. You... I get it. But like Steph Curry becoming what Steph Curry became is outlandish. <laughs> right. You know, back to back MVPs. Yeah. Whatever. Draymond Green going from second round pick to Hall of Fame defensive player. Like I sometimes things have to break your way. And if you think these three guys are like are that next generation to like lead the next round of Golden State Warrior Championships in eight years, you win. Like you win the draft. Yeah. It's a great so, point. Great way um, to break it down. One more winner here. I'll go with Charlotte. Mm. Um, mm. Really killing the last two drafts. We talked about last year draft with LaMelo. Um, James Booknight falls to them. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> he almost fell out of the lottery. At 11. That, that's 11. Ridiculous. He looked pissed all night. Um, like once he got past like seven, eight. Um, yeah. And then they bought number 19, bought, traded a future pick, whatever, for uh, Kai Jones, who was supposed to be a Knicks pick. Knicks fans were going wild. Kai Jones actually going to Charlotte. Um, and then same thing at 37 with JT Thor. Mm. Um, they got that from Detroit. Also, for to mention, Mason Plumley ended up in Charlotte here yep. um, as a part of that uh, deal. All three, but talking about the draft picks, um, all three of those guys were top 20 for me. Thor was the lowest at 20. He was like an upside, just take a swing on at 20. But like, you got him at 37. Kai Jones is about ish where I had him late lottery, early, like late teens. And then Book Night, I really like Book Night. I had him at, I think, six on my board. So to get him at 11, great yep. value. I, this is probably incentive to let you to let Malik Monk walk now. Right. You don't have to try and pay him. Devontae Graham, he can come back if he wants a pretty low backup point guard type deal, you know, but you're not sweating on that too much anymore. Man, that team's gonna be flying with Kai Jones, Book Knight, LaMelo, Miles Bridges. Get ready like, for some lobs, right? Yeah. Um, that's ridiculous. So that's cool. I like that Charlotte went from like being like this very boring like team, like everyone was below the rim, to now like Gordon Hayward's like the only guy like that. Yeah, the Charlotte team's kind of fun again. Yeah, they really like in two years they completely revamped their franchise. It's kind of, I mean, once you hit on one guy, it definitely changes the trajectory of an organization, right? You're and hopeful they, again. Yeah, you just hit on Lamelo. Yep, that's all it took. Um, props to them for taking Lamelo and working out. Um, a few other teams we'll shout out real quick. Um, 
I really liked what Washington did. We talked about the Russ trade. Um, so they drafted Corey Kispert. They got Isaiah Todd from the G League with that number 31 pick, along with, like we mentioned, Aaron Holiday and all the other guys. Nice haul to walk away with um, there if you're Washington. Uh, New Orleans, we talked about the Valentunas deal previously. Mm-hmm. Traded back. I feel like I liked their pick at number 17 better than I like Memphis's pick. Um, they picked Trey Murphy, who I had number 10 on my board. I was very high on Trey Murphy. Probably the highest I've seen on Trey, Mur- Trey Murphy. Uh, most people had him somewhere in that like 15 to 22 range. So I wasn't too far ahead, but I really like Trey Murphy. So I like that pick there. Um, New York, once you finally did get the players you were getting, um, I like what they did. I really love Miles McBride. Um, again, another guy I was way higher on um, than consensus. I think most people ended up with him in their 20s. I think I had him at like 15, 16, mm-hmm. um, maybe even 14. I can't remember. I don't have my board in front of me. Anyway, they got him early second round. He slipped. So that's good on them. Denver, I liked what they did. Picked up a baller in Bones Highland. What a um, name. Again, Nashawn Bones Highland. Um, incredible name. Um, I like what Brooklyn did because, again, similar to this Lakers issue, they got to fill out their team and they don't have a lot of money to do it. So, who'd they get? Cameron, what was Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. That's the, right. The shooter who doesn't do anything else from LSU at 27. Yeah. But you know what? All right, cool. Whatever. He's a bench player, you know. The ultimate yeah. confidence guy. Yeah. If there's anyone that can humble him, you'd think it'd be playing with James Harding, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Um, so, you know, okay. Kendrick Perkins' boy, Dayron Sharp. Um, they're at 29 then because they traded away Landry Shamit. Forgot to mention that one. Um, got back Javon Carter, who I kind of like, uh, as a backup point. And then this 29 pick, which was Dayron Sharp. They also picked up I really like some second round flyers. Um, again, you take these guys on basically non-guaranteed deals. And if any of them hit, you have them on super cheap deals. I like Kessler Edwards. I had him at like 31 on my board. They got him at in like the mid forties out of Pepperdine. Uh, also, it's fun to say Pepperdine. <laughs> and then they took a shot on a couple other um, young guys or not young, but you know, draft guys, Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton, Ryan, the cousin of Michael Carter Boyd. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that in draft. And then now. they also took a shot on Raekwon Gray out of Florida State. Uh, Raekwon Gray. Gray. Um, he's a hooper. He came in with 17% body fat um, at the combine, which is not good. Uh, like 6'8", like 270. Uh, but <laughs> um, sub 30% three-point shooter at Florida State for his career. But he can pass. He can defend. And it's like an offensive lineman, like, on his feet. Like, he's so smooth on his feet, even though he's massive. So, I don't know. I didn't like that he – like, he was big at Florida State, and he came in big to the combine, and everyone told him to slim down, and he said no. Um, (laughs) I dropped him on my board because of that, because you can't play at that weight in the NBA of that size. Um, Right. But I get the flyer. So I, I like that they took a bunch of young guys that, like, at work, like, all you need in the B is like your 
eighth, ninth, tenth guy at best this year, and you're paying all of them like not more than like a million and a half per mm. year. Like that's how you fill out your bench. Is like you took those five guys, you'll probably bring in like another one or two in the undrafted market. All you need is like two of them to like be productive as like a ninth and tenth guy for you. And you right. won. You know? Right. So like that's how you do this. Like that's what the Lakers, for example, have to do. Um, and some other teams are in that similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, last one, Utah. I think they got a steal with Jared Butler out of Baylor at number 40. He had some medical concerns that popped up at the combine, but apparently did end up getting cleared. So if you think he's all good, then getting him at 40 is an absolute steal if you're Utah Jazz. So good on them um, because they really need a backup point. Um, even if they do bring Mike Conley back, Jared Butler can play in the NBA tomorrow. That's a good mm. one. A mm. um, couple other picks. I don't love it just because it's me, but Evan Mobley going to Cleveland. Again, I would have taken Suggs and told Colin Sexton to scram, but, you know, um, teach their own. Fit doesn't feel great there with, if they're bringing back Jared Allen. I personally don't think Evan Mobley's a four. So that's part of the thing here. I think he's a five. If you think he's a four, then I get it a little bit more. I just don't think he's a four. I don't think he's ever going to be a four. That's just me. Um, Indiana brought in Chris Duarte out of Oregon, the the um, 24-year-old. I guess he's 23, almost 24. He'll be 24 by the time season starts. I mean, I love him as a player. I, I, I guess I just don't know what Indiana's doing exactly as a franchise right now. So That's a great question. Didn't they... They traded for like some center, didn't they? They did. So they traded um, up to 22 because they had 31. They traded Aaron Holiday, that deal. That's right. At 22, they took Isaiah Jackson. (laughs) That's right. I really don't like Isaiah Jackson. I really don't like Isaiah Jackson. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I wish him all the best. But yeah, I had him at like, I don't remember, like 40 on my board, something like that. That's like, what, their fourth center big man? Yeah, this feels like Miles Turner's getting traded. Um, Bye, Miles. I I guess I just don't know why you bring in Rick Carlisle if you're trading away your good veteran players and bringing in Isaiah Jackson. I don't know. I'll (laughs) let them figure that out. Um, Atlanta drafted Jalen Johnson. Again, I get it. This feels like Cam Reddish is on the move now. Ooh. They just they they drafted a bunch of these six nine guys um who are like wing need the ball in their hands and like at some point you have Bogdanovich, Herder, um Gallinari, now Jalen Johnson, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins. Like, what do you do with all those guys? That's you a know? lot. I just feel like someone's on the move. If you feel like you like Hunter and someone else the best. It makes Cam Reddish expendable or vice versa. I don't know, but it just feels like you got too many wings there. Right. Now. Right. Um, and then Philly took Jaden Springer um, late in the first round. Tennessee kid. I mean, they took him at, like in the range I had him on my board. I just, I, don't, I probably would have done something different if I was Philly. That's all. Uh, so. Side note here, Matt, I, I told you this off air, but I want to mention it here too. Um, I saw this thing on Philly Twitter, 76ers Twitter. Um, Jane Springer is using the same 
trainer, personal trainer that uh, Markel Fultz used. Just broke every heart in Philly. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about that or what I'm supposed to do with that information, but it's out there now. Yeah, I I don't love the pick for them. I just he feels I don't know, just like a, listen, Nicker Shake Milton type of guy. Like, he's not gonna play for this Philly team. Like he's gonna be buried at the end of the bench. I hope for his sake he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have taken other guys. I would have taken like Isaiah Todd, who went at 31. I would have taken Miles McBride, who went at 36. I just would have done other things. Like I get like the idea. Take Jared Butler. If you want a point-ish who can kind of play spot minutes here and there, whatever, knock down threes, take Jared Butler. The guy I just you know gave Utah credit for taking at 40. I, there were better picks to me. I get mm-hmm. the idea. There were better guys. Okay, so the ones now... We're going to talk a little more on picks that made us um, rise out of our couch. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll go just kind of through the order of this draft. Toronto was the one that really started uh, messing things up. So they went with Scotty Barnes at four. And it, to me, this feels like they took themselves out of the Ben Simmons uh, sweepstakes. Because yeah. you can't place Scotty Barnes and Ben Simmons together. That will never work in the history of basketball. It kind of also feels like they're trading one of their current wings, like Pascal Siakam. Yeah. I, unless you're playing Pascal at the five, I don't feel great about that. Maybe. But like, in theory, your lineup could be something like Fred Van Fleet. I'm assuming Kyle Lowry's leaving. Yeah. Um, Fred Van Fleet, bring back Gary Trent Jr. OG, Scotty Barnes, Pascal. What's a lineup? I mean, only really one, I guess, two non-shooters. Pascal can shoot threes now. Pascal like... has shown he, he has the ability to hit threes. Yeah. I don't know if he's a shooter, but I wouldn't, he can hit I, some. OG no. can hit some. Fred can hit some. Gary Trent can definitely hit some. Just like defensively, I don't know, guard-wise, it doesn't feel great unless you can switch Scotty Barnes. I guess that's the appeal of Scotty Barnes. Um, that he can guard everybody. So yeah. whomever, guard him. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like it feels like Toronto's still going to shake some stuff up. And Masai Ujiri, the, what is it, whatever he is, whatever his title is, Vice President of Basketball Operations, He's still not under contract, so <laughs> who knows what this team's doing right now? Um, yeah, I think I would have taken Jalen Suggs. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, what I've seen from Gonzaga is like he would have been a great fit in that front court, right? Yeah, I him and him and Van Fleet as a backcourt, backcourt, whatever just it been is, brutal for other teams to deal with defensively. Like, I don't even think Jalen Suggs. I know people start throwing like out the Drew Holiday comp. He's not that type of defender. Like Drew yeah. Holiday was like an absolute beast of a defender. Like that's mm. not fair to Jalen Suggs. Right. But, like Jalen Suggs, I think it, if not right away, like definitely by the end of his rookie deal, can be like an above average to well above average defender. Mm. So point being, like he's gonna do things on the offense. He's gonna get other guys involved. I think he'll shoot pretty well. 
if you think he's going to be a, above average, like that's a really good player. I would have taken Suggs. I'll make making that known very clear. Would have taken Suggs. You build that way. Scotty Barnes, I can find six foot nine guys who can't shoot. I can find that NBA, <laughs> you know? So right. I know Scotty Barnes does a lot more. I know. But like we talked about this on the last pod. Again, people can go listen to it for the full rant. I I I just don't love that player type. The right. six nine guy who can't shoot. Like I'm I'm glad he can play defense like extremely well. Or at least very, very well. And I'm glad he can be like a transition player and a short roll passer. I, I, cool. You don't take him at four. Trade right. back. I don't know. I th- I think if you have traded back to six with OKC, he still would have been there. Mm, yeah. So, uh, that's just my opinion. And if he wasn't there, you w- could have got like Jonathan Kaminga, um, Josh Giddy, whomever. I. Yeah, I I just to me there was an obvious pick above him and Jalen Suggs and you didn't do it. So Orlando's ecstatic because they always miss out on that guy, the <laughs> Jalen Suggs, him. and they got him this time. Um, and, uh, I tweeted this out from our Twitter account. You draft him with the bet that you're going to teach him to shoot the same way you kind of taught OG and Pascal to shoot, right? If that happens, then like you made the right pick. That's just a long way off. A yeah. long way off. It uh, feels like Toronto's going into rebuild mode, retool yeah, mode. Retool. It's like like what the Spurs have been the last like three years. Yeah. They they kind of feel in that realm a little bit. Um okay. We'll go to your squad. The Oklahoma City Thunder. If you know Scotty Barnes was like kind of mocked like by some to Toronto, so like it's yeah. maybe not absurd what they did according to like other people's opinions. Josh Giddy to Oklahoma City though really just blew the doors of the draft open. Um, we joked about his hair. Less, I cursed it two pods I jinxed, ago. I jinxed it. I said he had a mane of hair. Because you made fun of it, and I felt like I had to defend him, and now I have to defend him for his whole freaking career. <laughs> One, he he does have a lot of salad for the bowl. Yes, there. he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, the optimistic viewpoint here is you're you're really praying you got Manu Ginobili here, like once he develops. Yes, but but you also may have just drafted Ricky Rubio, you which. Know? At six, not that bad of value, I don't think. Pro, you know, like, and I don't really like redrafts. Yeah. But, like, you probably feel like that guy's probably worth more, like, 10 to 14. Sure. But, like, I mean, I get the upside swing. If you really didn't love Kaminga, I think that's kind of it. If if Sam Presti did not love Jonathan Kaminga, I guess I get it. But if you felt good about Kaminga – I, I don't know how you felt great about Giddy. Yeah, I I guess the upside is that again, like you can kind of teach him to shoot because that's one of his lows, right? Yeah. Is shooting. You, you can get him stronger. Yeah, because like, he's a skinny right now. Um, I don't know. Like I kind of appreciate the Thunder just like getting their guy, no matter the number, 
at which spot they were at. Of course, like we talked about this off air is like the history of the number six pick has been pretty terrible. Like the last 10 years, the last years might've been the best one. And that's still a Kongwu. And that's still kind of like to be determined. Um, Yeah. There's some been some pretty terrible number six. Shout out Mobamba. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, I can't really blame the thunder for taking another swing on a guy. Like we took a swing. We, the thunder took a swing on, you know, Poku last year in the middle of the first round. Yeah. It's kind of feels like the same thing. Somewhat in the middle of the lottery, you're going to take a swing on a guy. You might as well do, do it with your guy and not, you know, feel hundred percent confident than rather 80% confidence that it not work out because yeah. it might not work out either way. I mean, the good thing about a guy like Josh Giddy is he's going to pass. Like, yes. it's not like he's going to jack a thousand shots. Right. So, you know, if your emphasis is really developing Shea, developing Giddy, like they're going to be able to play with each other. That's not really the issue. It's just, I don't know if it, if you couldn't have done better with the pick, but it could work out long-term, at least well enough to like justify it. Um, I mean, I think the high side with Giddy from what you've told me and what I've been reading is that he played like professionally before. So you kind of feel great about his development, I guess, going forward. Um, And that he can kind of develop from, because that's the same league Lamelo played in, right? Didn't he play against Lamelo or something like that? No. Okay. uh, Giddy only played this past year. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, like, he played in a professional league before, so at least you have some tape of him being in a professional setting. And so, and, like, the NBL, like, is a physical league. So, if you worry about strength, like, he's kind of dealt with that a bit. Also, this, I don't know, this... I, it felt very appropriate for OKC. In the NBL, triple doubles are not really a thing. Don't, don't have it. <laughs> he had three triple doubles towards the end of his season in, in the NBL. Um, I think like three of his last four games. Right. So, you know. Um, also, I didn't love what you did with the number eighteen. Trey Man. Yeah. I. You texted me. You know, like when it happened. And I felt a sense of panic in the text because it's like, um, we didn't talk about him <laughs> on that guards pod. Yeah. Um, and he took him at 18. Yeah, I'm just not the big Trey Man guy. Mm. Like, I get like the shooting percentages aren't that bad, actually. Um, Florida was a disaster this mm-hmm. year. I get it. I I don't know. I I I tried. I tried to get on the bandwagon at some point. I just couldn't ever get there. He's 6'4", 175 pounds. He doesn't defend. He doesn't pass. But, like, the shot, like, the jump shot looks fine. He needs to elevate more on it to actually get it off at the NBA mm-hmm. level because he could get away with it in college playing, like, Vanderbilt and stuff. But, like, what happens when you're playing NBA athletes and, like, a seven-foot center who's athletic is even, like, somewhat in the vicinity right? Like, coming off the pick and roll? That's really all I feel like he can play out of also is pick and roll with the ball in his hands. I don't really trust him as like a catch and shoot guy consistently. So, I mean, again, maybe you just bet like he has a nice touch. We can develop that. 
are you effectively hoping he's like Emmanuel quickly? Yeah. You know, I, okay. Yeah, again, you have a thousand draft picks. Like you can take guys like that and just like see if they hit. I had him at like 40, 42, something like that on my board. Mm. So obviously I'm not the biggest. I feel like you could have traded back and got him. Right. Required more picks. Um, you know, whatever. And then second round picks, I don't really care. I don't love Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Again, another guy. I had more in like the late 40s to like 60, something like that. Again, I'm not the biggest fan because athletically, like he went to the combine. I know the combine's not everything. Like everyone knows, like Luca Garza from Iowa is like not a great athlete. You know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl's numbers were like not any different. So, <laughs> you know, I, you better bet he shoots and he's not really shot that well at Villanova on limited attempts, but you better hope he shoots. I don't know. I feel like OKC is pretty disappointed by like, or they should be pretty disappointed with how this draft worked out. Everything from the winning the coin flip and then actually it hurt them with the seating of the picks. That's so dumb. To just like how the picks broke and everything. It rough, rough for OKC. Rough. Uh, they also drafted Aaron Wiggins with the like, what? One 55 of or something. 55, yeah. Aaron Wiggins, I had as a like mid 60s. Um, so undrafted free agent. Yeah. Like he had a great combine, actually. He was at the G League combine and played really well. And he was one of the handful of guys they invited up to the NBA combine and actually played pretty well. Played at Maryland. Was fine. Was good. I, he's got a good NBA body. Mm. Maryland team was just kind of bad. And he just kind of like he was a really good role player. So I don't know. You're just kind of hoping like that there's a good NBA body, good enough athleticism, maybe some shooting there. See if he sticks. If he doesn't, who cares? Um, I would have to think, say this is quite the departure from a regular city Oklahoma City draft where they, yeah. you know, take a guy. I mean, they took a guy who couldn't shoot, but it feels like they're at least taking a shooter and Trey Mann and usually they're physical specimens who could jump out of the gym. Right, We've the seen... Hamadou Diallo type guys are yeah. who they like to go after. It, and like none of those guys are really that, which Absolutely is kind of interesting. Of yeah. I wonder if some of it is uh, Troy Weaver's no longer in the building and if he was the driving force between a lot of some of those picks. Um, Ironically, I... picked up Diallo this past year, right? Yeah. Detroit, <laughs> right? And also like went and got like Josh Jackson and yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe OKC's draft strategy has shifted. Um, now that he's not there. Uh, okay, Sacramento. Jesus, we this do. Davion Mitchell pick—that was—that was number nine. Did they like pre-make that pick, assuming that they traded Buddy Heal? <laughs> like, what <laughs> happened there? <laughs> like the message didn't go through from LA, like saying like, "Hey, we traded for Russ." <laughs> They just disconnect. They put their phone on airplane mode. They're like, "Oh man, we can go on vacation." Trade happened. Um, (laughs) I'm so confused, Ryan. So two things: for the longest time, the Kings were linked to Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner went at number eight. The Kings were picking at nine. I think they panicked a little, (laughs) being honest, (laughs) because some people like ended up pretty high on Franz Wagner. Like, like, is he like a top six, seven guy? 
Most people did not get there with Franz Wagner, but a few did. And then he went eight, right? Went to Orlando, partially because Jalen Suggs fell. If Orlando would have taken Scotty Barnes, they wouldn't have taken Franz Wagner because mm. they didn't. They wouldn't have needed two six nine guys, right? To add to their team, right? Because they already have a thousand of those guys. They would have taken Book Knight or whoever, and then Franz Wagner would have still been there at nine. So. I think Sacramento panicked. One. Two. Just talking about the fit. You can't play De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell together. I heard someone on a pod like, can Tyrese Halliburton play the three? No. No, Tyrese Halliburton cannot play the three. <laughs> he cannot defend the one or the two, let alone the three. And um, when you have it matched up with threes, how, like, his advantage as a point guard is that he's got good height and size and can, like, see over guys. That's play like, him at the three, you're God. not really running pick and roll with him at that point. Right. And he doesn't have the height advantage anymore. Like, nor can, like, and he's not a good athlete, so he's not getting by any, like, a bigger guy. Right. So that's a disaster. Davon Mitchell, again, it's a wonderful story. He really is. I think he finished 16 on my board. It, you just, you don't take him at nine. Trade. Trade back a couple spots. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, I I feel bad for De'Aaron Fox. I'll say that. Um, I if you're uh, Marv- Marvin Bagley's father, you would say I would feel bad for Marvin Bagley. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one. Um, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I I I have no faith in Sacramento. Like we thought, they were starting to turn some stuff around. I, I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> so, this is like a constant cycle on this podcast. One, one of us is on the Sacramento Kings back again. The other one gets off. I think I'm out too. Like I just, I, until they make the playoffs, I'm out. Yeah. Like I know he wouldn't have been perfect like by any means, but like take Kai Jones, take mm-hmm. Usman Garuba and to be like, no, we're getting like a weird defender. Let's give us some big guys. Bagley's not working probably can't afford Rashawn Holmes. I think they can only offer him like 11 million a year. He's probably getting more than that. Yeah. Let's just not go get Tristan Thompson after the fact to them too. <laughs> Screw that. Uh, no, take Garuba, take Shingoon, take Kai Jones. I'm with your life. Like I would have taken um, Kai Jones or Usman Garuba because you need someone on that team to play defense, but I I don't know. I don't know, Sacramento. They should be relegated. Um, <laughs> Go back to the G League. <laughs> I'll take the Stockton Kings over them at this point. Um, Memphis. We're going to have a lot of teams in the top 10 here. Memphis going Zaire Williams. I had him as an early second round pick. It, I was telling you, it felt like people either had him top 12 or they had him like after 25. So like there was no middle ground here. I, I think I got a Woj notification for this one because I had like walked away to do something and I looked at my phone and I double take, d- did double take. And I was like, there's no way this guy just went 10. I thought he was boxed in like the second round. Like I was like, what is happening? Here? I would say probably in like 60% of the 60 to 65% of mocks. Like, real ones like to actually follow he was like 
25 to 35. And then like the other third, they had him like top 12. It's basically, were you betting on the high school tape completely? You had him in the top 12. Or were you like, okay, no, this year at Stanford has to mean something. Mm. And that's why you had him late first, early second. That's where I had him, like I mentioned. You better be right if you're Memphis. You better right. think high school Zaire Williams is what's coming out here. The problem, high school Zaire Williams, who, again, he played at Sierra Canyon, uh, where LeBron James and Zaire, and uh, Dwayne Wade's and their kids. Um, the problem is, you play like some decent athletes and like height wise, like kids, but it's different once you get to college. You have to play college level athletes and college level size. And then it's even more different when you get to the NBA. You have to play NBA level athletes and in, against NBA level size. Like it's cool. Like he's like 6'9 and like kind of can handle, but if you have trouble getting your shot off and getting to your spot in college in the Pac 12, yeah, I don't know how it's getting better. And like, mm. again, Stanford wasn't good, right? But like, it's not like Memphis's spacing is that much better either. And I don't know, I don't love it at all. You better be right if you're Memphis, otherwise you're gonna really piss off John Morant, <laughs> right? So. And it all of a sudden feels like Memphis is like retooling or rebuilding now. They're like not trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, which, which is, is weird. Like, yeah. Uh, what does that say about their confidence in John Morant? You know, I don't, I don't know. Memphis is, like made this; they made a not awkward situation very awkward. <laughs> they made a very uncomplicated situation very complicated, especially yes. after trading for Stephen Adams and their blood. Like, what, Again, what is happening there? But yeah, it's, yeah. W- Where's the driving lanes and the spacing with John Moran and Steven Adams on the floor? Like, you know, what do you expect the kid to do at that point? I mean, are you sending him down to the Memphis hustle? (laughs) Seriously, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to get him minutes? Are you not trying to get him minutes? Like, Dylan Brooks ain't passing up shots. I'll tell you that much. Dylan Brooks is like, cool, 25 shots a game for me. You know, like, I'm worried. I'm worried about Memphis now. I wasn't worried at all, like, three weeks ago. Now I'm worried. Panic Um, button time. Yeah. Um, Last lottery team here. San Antonio um, really knocked some people's socks off here with Josh Primo at number 12. Um, Again, I felt like I was high on Primo. I had him at, like, 21. Um, I think a lot of people kind of settled in around 25 to 30 on him. Some people never really got there, kept him at like 35 to 42. Um, I was really willing to bet on him. Spurs really willing to bet on him at number 12. I think my only concern here for San Antonio is like your entire team now is like these guard wing prospects. Yeah. With like DeJounte Murray, Derek, Keldon Johnson, um, Lon. Now Josh Primo, Trey Jones. I'm probably missing somebody also. Like oh Elton Johnson. Um, they drafted last year. Yeah. Like what are you doing? Yeah. You can't play all these guys. So uh, 
I mean, do you really feel like you have your long-term center there in Jakob Pertl? Probably not, right? Like, I can like Jakob Pertl, but, like, you know, eh, if you if you feel like Usman Gruba could be your long-term center, I would take Usman Gruba there instead. Right. Um, you know, I do you feel like you have your f- even, like, long-term four on the roster? I don't think so i don't think Keldon johnson like is actually a four he might be a three now like mm. you see this team usa stuff you know you might think he's like an actual guy um yeah. all of a sudden and i don't i i would take him like someone like trey murphy usman garuba mm. someone else more in that vein I, but again i really like primo it just even 12 feels a little high for josh primo the bet here is Effectively, you convinced him not to go back to Alabama. We sure. talked about how Primo's super young, right? He played uh, Alabama at age 17. So you're effectively betting if he would have gone back, he would have been a lottery pick next year, Yeah, which is probably true. So you just took him this year. <laughs> and Get- you effectively let him just develop. Um, in your system? Yeah, in your year. system, in your G League, whatever, for a year. And effectively, you just lost a year on his rookie deal, but to secure him this year instead of hoping he fell to you in the lottery next year, I guess it makes sense. But I, it just—I don't know. It feels like some other guys are getting moved now. Yeah, like yeah. one of Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker feels gone now. That I mean, that's been a long time coming, probably. Anyway, which it may be for the best long term. Anyway, but yeah, I don't know where the Spurs are also as like an organization. Like, are you trying to make the playoffs still? Are you not? Are you rebuilding? Uh, they're going to try. They're not going to be successful. <laughs> yeah, that worries me. Um, last two. So we talked about the Kawhi thing. He's probably out for the year. Or by Kawhi standards, like he's he's not going to try and come back. Right. Like, yeah, I don't feel like. Okay, so they took a bunch of upside swings on guys in this draft which I'm not saying was like a bad strategy, actually. Like if you're just kind of saying like, screw this year, you know, like we're yeah. just going to play dudes. They drafted Keon Johnson, who again, Knicks fans thought they were getting at 21. Um, Actually went to Clippers. <laughs> and then they bought number 33 from Orlando. Um, Interesting move there. Took Jason Preston, the Ohio kid that looks like the ball um, brothers. Yep. And then, Late in the second round, they took BJ Boston, who was one of the disappointing freshmen from Kentucky, who again was another top 10 recruit, who just similar to Zaire Williams, just couldn't get a shot off mm. too weak, couldn't get to a spot, that whole deal. Can't pass all that deal. So effectively, you just took three swings on super high upside, very low floor players. Sure. And you're just gonna give them a shot. Again, I'm kind of okay with the strategy just because, like, if you feel like it's a lost year anyway, mm-hmm. do it. Right. I just would have taken different guys. But uh, also, I think this is a bad sign for Clipper fans. Like, it's going to be like, oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, good. Um, and if I don't, I don't know if it's going to matter to Kawhi and Paul George how these young guys look, whether it's the rookies or Trey Mann or whomever. But if they play really bad, it makes you start wondering. Kawhi's like, I want to co- re-sign with that. Right. So, 
Um, and last thing, Milwaukee. I hate to rain on Milwaukee's championship parade that they're probably still having in the streets of Milwaukee. Um, had pick number 31. Mm. Traded it to Indiana for picks 54 and 60, which makes no sense in the NBA draft because 54 and 60 is basically nothing. And 31 is <laughs> actually really valuable because it yeah. can be guaranteed because um, it's a second round pick. Um, and it's the best second round pick. And they basically traded away for nothing. Um, I actually did like one of their draft picks. He might stick. Um, Ryan, let me copy this name into the pod. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. From Not Seton this Hall. game. Oh, no. Name. <laughs> Sandro? Yeah. Mascavili? Mamu Kalashvili. Um, that is, whoa. I wasn't even anywhere close. Uh, a very interesting big man who can actually like pass and shoot. Um, not a great athlete, but he's actually kind of interesting. Um, I had him a little higher on my board than 54. So it was a good pick, but at 60, they drafted a dude from Greece that like, I know who it is. Cause I watched him for last year's draft. I didn't even put him in my top 120 this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they could have had this guy undrafted free agent. Yeah. I mean, I, he's never coming to the NBA like ever. I, they just wasted a draft pick. I don't know. He's lit, he's from Greece. You could have told me Giannis said pick him. Like, draft I would believe you. I don't. It was stupid. I mean, pick 60 doesn't yield anything anyway, you know, but still like. So you have, you have pick 60. Why not just take someone else and then go try to sign this guy as an undrafted free agent? You I get know, three right? players. I know, way, right? Right? Like, so um, one player who we mentioned in one of the pods, um, if you're still listening by this point, Vrins Blindberg, mm. uh, we mentioned on the last pod, um, he plays over in Belgium. He like tweeted out after um, that he had offers to be taken in second round. He wasn't picked, but he had offers to be taken throughout the second round. But he said, none of the teams offered me anything above a two-way or a non-guaranteed deal. And he said how my contract is written is the only way they've let me out of it was if it was on a guaranteed NBA deal. Um, and so since it didn't happen, like they weren't offering that, I couldn't accept the draft pick. So like he went undrafted. And this happens to a lot of European players. Is like if it's not the right type of deal, then there's a buyout and the teams make the buyout so large you can't leave effectively. Mm-hmm. You know? So like this guy that Milwaukee took at 60 it's not a guaranteed deal by any means. So he's not going to be able to get out of his contract in Greece. Um, and he's honestly not good enough to come over anyway. So, and he's, I'm pretty sure he's 22. So it's not like he was like 18. So <laughs> it, it was stupid. So you effectively traded 31 for 54. And it's terrible. Like, it's not just like, oh, I mean, this is like a draft principle there. Right. But like, you're losing Bobby Portis. Yeah. Bobby Portis told the world like he's not coming back. Like Bryn Forbes opted out. He's not coming back. So oh you're kind of losing some pieces here. Um some key that, pieces. Yeah. So why would you not use 31 as a draft pick? If you're gonna take 54 and potentially roster that guy anyway, the salary difference between 31 and 54 is nothing. Right. Like just take a guy at that point. And like, wh- why did you help Indiana, who's in the Eastern Conference? 
Yeah. Like, what was the point of that then? Someone so, was drinking too much champagne over in Milwaukee's yeah. front office still. Like, <laughs> you you want to take a developmental big? Take a developmental big. You want you want to take a, someone and stash them? Take Rokas Djokovitis, the Lithuanian guy who played Lamelo when they were young. Take him and stash him. That's what the Knicks are doing. Mm. Like, take Miles McBride. Take JT Thor. Take Ayu Dersunmu from Illinois. Like, take Jared Butler from Baylor. Like, take Joe Wieskamp from Iowa, the shooter. Like, there were plenty of guys to still take that are legitimate NBA players and, like, will play in the NBA next year. Yeah. And, like, different skill sets. You have backup point guards, athletic big projects, shooters. There were plenty of guys to take. Well, the crazy thing is the Thunder traded two early second round picks to move up to like 33 they had they like, traded 34 and 36 yeah they had 30, 30 yeah so you couldn't tell me they're like the thunder off they didn't call milwaukee like is that what i just like like why wouldn't you like this is a move the thunder have done the last two drafts yeah you, you wouldn't think they would do it again milwaukee moved from 31 for 54 and 60 it's terrible New York had 32 and moved back to 34 and 36. Like, what's there was nothing else to the move. What are you doing? It's like, terrible. And again, maybe Milwaukee, you want a championship. It's like Toronto. Everything you do for the next eight years doesn't matter. Yeah. You did it. You won. Who cares? I don't know. Like, you could, I'm trying to win a second one then. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It just, when the it things go off of the rails in Milwaukee in like three years, we're going to be asking, like, what happened? How did we get here? This is kind of one of those things. We're going to say we... they had no young players. The cap got strapped, and they had no one to kind of fill these spots. And they never hit, on a second, never hit on a second-round pick. Second-round picks are important. Picks. They didn't people. have one. Yeah. They traded first-round picks for, like, P.J. Tucker. Right. Like, I get it. And, like, there are some teams that I like, just don't even draft anymore. Like, Dallas feels like they never draft anymore now. They yeah. got Luka, and now they're not drafting. The Lakers... I get it. You got LeBron. You're not drafting anymore. But like Miami needs these draft picks. Miami didn't draft. You know, Minnesota. Minnesota n- didn't draft for as bad of a year as they had. That's just horrific. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know part of it was the. Okay, the- hold on. D'Angelo Russell is in Minnesota. Yes. Golden State has Andrew Wiggins, who looks pretty clearly better than D'Angelo Russell and Jonathan Kaminga because of D'Angelo. Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga for D'Angelo Russell. Minnesota's got to be kicking themselves about that right now. The Phoenix whole didn't have a pick because they traded it for Landry Shamit. Yeah. Whatever. I don't I guess it's fine. Who cares? I guess. But I mean, yeah. you probably weren't getting that same level of player as Landry Shamit at that point, right? Probably not. Especially, well, if you want somebody who can kind of plug and play as a shooter, yeah, probably not. You know, there are a couple guys I would have liked for them if that's what they wanted, but I get it. You know, right? So, no, no real harm there for Phoenix, but yeah, like Minnesota, Miami, you need those picks. How do you not yeah. buy a pick? Like even Portland bought a pick in the second round. Portland. <laughs> Portland doesn't draft either. Now they did draft someone that I said in Greg Brown shouldn't be on an NBA court for the next three years. But at least they drafted somebody. They did it. They finally did it. They drafted yeah. a second round pick. So you do. You pay a guy $800,000 to 
develop and see if he comes out in a couple of years. It's it's hard drafting for some teams, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Unless it's like the number one pick, maybe some teams should just avoid drafting altogether. <laughs> like Detroit almost screwed it up, like you said. Same Presti over here. Like I'll take a pick. <laughs> I'll take your first round pick. Yeah. Same Hinky's. Like I'm not even a part of a team anymore. I'll still I'll take the pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get that Woj report one day. The Same Miami, Hinky. I've traded a first round pick to Same Hinky. The crazy thing about Miami is they don't have another pick now until like 2027 or something like that. Because they have pick. all the protections on the pick. They yeah. don't have to pay Oklahoma City second round picks to lift the protections <laughs> on the first round pick. It's just, which, incre- it's just incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible. Keep it coming. Just keep the picks coming. I, I totally love that in the NBA you can like do all these things to picks to protect them and partially protect and whatever and you can pay teams to lift the protections i love it but it's also so stupid how (laughs) deep teams like dig themselves in a hole sometimes for protections yeah they just keep like protect it and then get off the protections and then use the picks they just opened up to trade like further and do the whole thing over again and just like hope you win a championship in there to like justify yourself but like almost no teams ever do because it's a feels like it's only ever like five teams winning a championship. I think it would be awesome if like you could only protect a pick for one year. I think that that might be something that needs to be discussed long term NBA. Like because teams can't be having picks like that are supposed to be conveyed in let's just say 2022 that are protected through 2026. And you literally can't trade the pick, any of those picks then. Yeah. Like, it's got to convey. You can yeah. trade a 2026 pick if you want, but you can't protect it for six years after that. I also wonder if getting rid of the you can't trade first and back-to-back years rule would help. Because I think teams are smart enough not to do that anymore. Like, that was a rule put I don't in know. the NBA a long time ago. I don't know. <laughs> And the team just like doesn't draft for four years, not because of protections, but because they just traded the next four picks they have. Listen, I think teams, the teams who are smart enough to figure it out would still draft. The teams who couldn't figure it out would just suck after a little bit. And then they would figure it out. Don't trade away. The teams that would suck at it are the teams that need to build through the draft. Like the Cavs. And, and just like would screw it up. Yeah, it's true. I said, I would just say let teams suck, you know. Let let the let the children figure let the children figure out they can't touch the hot stuff. You're such a capitalist. <laughs> you let the poor be poor. Let the- That's not no, 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 Matt. That's not what we're doing. I'm just saying you gotta, you gotta let people figure out how to be stupid sometimes. <laughs> Specifically billionaire NBA owners. Hot takes from Ryan Parker here, attacking somehow the billionaires and the poor people. Stop it. I'm not to stop. <laughs> Apparently, I have a – who's the player I hate? Oh, Donovan Mitchell. That's who I hate. <laughs> I hate Donovan Mitchell. I hate poor people, apparently. <laughs> That's the new tagline. Jesus. Well, uh, let's stop this podcast before I, I apparently say something else that's going <laughs> to just – 
it's good stuff. get people to stop listening to us. Matt, do you have any uh, final words for episode 119? No, I'm I might. Zaire Williams, not a great pick at number 10. That's that's my parting words there. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to episode 119. We will see you back for episode 120 and hopefully some fun free agency stuff. Yeah.